Welcome to the Forerunner Church Podcast, where we highlight key messages and themes related to the body of Christ, inviting you to connect with our spiritual family as we grow in passion for Jesus and compassion for people. For more information, visit forerunnerchurch.com. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Beautiful song. Good morning. Okay, so this morning we want to look at a topic that we all live with, and it's called loving well. And, um, you know, we know the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. It's probably one of the primary scriptures on love. And it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy It does not boast in oneself. It's not puffed up or arrogant, does not believe, uh, does not behave rudely or believe being rude, uh, does not seek its own way. It is not easily provoked. Are you you with me still? (laughs) It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It says love never fails. That's a hefty verse, right? Don't worry, we're not going through the whole verse. I'm just going to pick out two things. Uh, I'm just going to pick out two things to look at and, and purpose to set that before my heart. And since I'm setting it before my heart, I'm setting it before your heart. Aren't you excited about that? So let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we just ask right now that you would rest on us in this room. I invite you, Father, to put your finger on my heart. Not just the one next to me. Put your finger on my heart. I want to see what you see about how I love. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. And so we, we do want to look at these passages, and we want to look at the way God reco- is asking us to love those around us. We often are not using his measure. We're looking at the person next to us. We're looking at the world, and we're thinking, I'm doing pretty good, right? Like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm killing this. And God goes, sure, but I want to up your game, and I want you to connect with the way I view how you're loving So what we know in this scripture is that Paul is actually speaking before that about the gifts of the Spirit. He's speaking about all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about prophesying, healing the sick, raising the dead. He's talking about the things that that he will do when he comes on us. And we all want to do that, don't we? I want to raise a dead person. Wouldn't that be just like, oh, my word? Listen, I want to just set a captive free. I just want one addict, right? Just give me one, Lord. I want to be able to actually stand in front of someone, speak a word, and someone be free. Because that's what it says he did. And that's beautiful. But what he does say is that, Tracy, you can do all of those exploits, and I... I love that. I want you to do that. I'm going to give that to you one day. The challenge is I want you to love. And if you aren't loving well, no matter what exploits you do, I'm going to be unimpressed. I think, well, what do you mean? I'm giving myself to figuring out how to help people. 
He goes, well, you can do that. You can even learn how to help people. You can learn how to serve people. It says you could take care of the poor. The poor is the dearest in God's heart. It says if you take care of the poor, you actually are lending to God. I'm assuming God's a good lender, right? His, his, his return is high. I've lent to some people and gotten zero in return, right? It's like, knock, knock, remember, right? But God doesn't forget, he goes, you take care of the poor. I'm, you're lending to me, Tracy, and I'm going to repay you. The challenge is he even adds to that. He tethers to that. You can take care of the poor, and I'm going to still owe you, but you haven't loved well. I want you to love well even in doing that. You know you could take care of the poor and not love them well? You could serve people and not love them well because we're doing it from a place of frustration, irritation, or just duty, which we do love just being disciplined and doing the duties that we're called to. But he wants our hearts to change in the midst of it. He wants our hearts to connect with how he loves us. He wants our hearts to connect with, he, with the idea that human beings, God loves, and he wants us to treat them well and love them well. And not by my standard, but by his standard. Because in that day, when I stand before him, and you know we're all going to stand before him. I'm going to stand before him by myself, not with all of my 80 family members kind of, you know, keeping me company. <laughs> Reminding me I'm doing pretty good. He goes, no, I'm going to actually talk to you, Tracy. And I'm going to ask you, did you love well? I'm not going to ask you, did you do the exploits? I'm going to say, did you love well? And I'm like, well, sure, because that's what we're in it for, right? But he goes, oh, I want you to look a little bit deeper. And so I want to look at two of them. I want to look at long-suffering, and I want to look at kindness. Those are the two areas I want to highlight. Now, long-suffering in this verse actually has often been exchanged for patience, which is, you know, fine. But that's actually not what love is talking about in this verse. It's not talking about you being patient with somebody. Now, we love patience, right? It takes a little bit of patience to get through the, you know, that, that Main Street Grandview construction zone, amen? Just FYI, it's going to take patience now that they've got the circle for everyone who stops at every street in the circle, Right? You're like, okay, this isn't going to work. And that takes patience. It takes patience to not get irritated with the person who's interrupting you when you're talking. It takes patience when you're on the cell phone with your cell provider and they're not giving you what you want, right? All of that is patience. It takes patience to wait for everyone to get in the car, to be on time. That's patience. And we love that. And we want to walk in patience. It's the fruit of the spirit. We want to walk in those things. But that's not what it's talking about. It's actually talking about long suffering, and I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary just so that I couldn't tell myself what long-suffering looked like, right? Because <laughs> I'm going to dumb it way down. The water's going to be really low for me to be able to do it. And, uh, and so it says, actually, long-suffering means to put up with and to tolerate. I thought, Man, that can't be right. <laughs> it says to bear with, to stand with, to endure, to support not just endure and grit your teeth, but then actually to support that one. It says to weather through, to stomach what is coming. That's long-suffering. I thought, 
You, you, wait a second, you're telling me I have to do that with human beings? But I thought you wanted me to help them change. He goes, no, no, I'm gonna help them change. You're gonna change you. I'm like, okay, we're getting a little personal. And the thing is, is God goes, yeah, I am, Tracy. I, I wanna do personal with you because I have a personal relationship with you and I need you to walk that out well so that when you are standing in front of someone, you're doing the same. And I thought, well, all righty then. And so we, we have to look at those things. Now, what I wanna do is I wanna separate out one thing. I wanna separate out situations where people are in abusive situations and they think they have to long suffer through it. That, that's not what we're talking about here. You don't long suffer through abuse. You report abuse, you come forward, you find someone safe, you find someone trustworthy. And the beauty is we live in a community that has a plethora of help. And if you know someone or you are someone, we encourage you to come out of hiding and help them and find help here. We, we do, we have a lot of pastoral work and a lot of pastoral programs and counseling for those that are living through abuse. This is not what we're talking about. You don't long suffer through that. You report that and you then work it out with the person. And so what, we're, what we wanna look at is that that long suffering connected to he suffers long, he suffers long with me. Now, many of us are going to dumb down our own sin and go, well, I'm not that deep. It's not hard for God to suffer along with me. But I find God is unendingly kind to Tracy. I do not get often what I deserve from him. I deserve much more stringent response from God. But he goes, oh, Tracy, I see you're actually trying to do it. I see your little weak efforts matter to me. And I'm going I'm to hem you in, but I'm going to be kind to you. And I'm going to suffer with you while you work this out. And so he goes, I want you to connect with that in what I'm doing to you, Tracy, so that you can walk that out with the people around you. Amen? Here's the thing. It's hard to suffer along with people. But the more we connect with God doing it with us, the easier it is to do it. Because then we remind ourselves, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The mercy you don't give to people will be the mercy we don't receive from the Lord. The measure in which we give will be the measure in which it is measured back to us. That doesn't mean sloppy Christianity. That doesn't mean grace, grace, you get to hack to everyone I know, oh, grace, grace. No, no, not at all. That actually means quite the opposite. Grace is the gasoline for me to do love well. Grace is the thing that says, how far can I love? How deep can I love that person? How many times can I sign back up to the person who injures me? Now, I want you to hear me. It doesn't mean you don't hold that person accountable. This is complex. I don't want you to wipe one out for the other. But he's looking at me going, how are you doing it? And then I want to zero even in further and saying, let's talk about our families. Now, talk about the people that are sitting here. It's a little easy to do here, amen? We say hello to each other, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of fun. We, you know, and so we're, we're, we're doing it. He goes, no, I actually want to do it with your family. And I think, okay, get, okay. A little harder. Squeezes us a little bit more. It requires, oh, I would rather just do my friends. 
And he says, I, I want you to do your family. And out of your family, do your friends. Many of us are doing it backwards. And then it says, love is kind. Now, kind is another word that we interchange. We interchange, we interchange kind for nice. Nice is good. Nice is a social grace. Nice is polite. Nice is manners. Nice is just kind of being agreeable for the sake of being agreeable and keep moving, right? That's nice. We like nice, amen? We like nice. We want nice. We want manners. We want people to open doors. We love, we love social graces. We, we like our society being a little more gentler than it, than it is today. And that's nice, but that's not what he's talking about. He's going, actually, I need you to be kind. And kind is way harder than nice. Kind is compassionate, which is heartfelt. I don't have to be heartfelt to be nice. I can just, be, just open the door and keep moving. Never think about it again. Heart, kind is heartfelt. Kind is honest. Kind is, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm being clear with you for the sake of, of our conversation, our relationship. It's harder. It's, it's honest. I'd like to use the word clear, uh, you know, because we got those truth people, right? We love truth people. I'm just going to give them the truth. It's like, can you meet mercy with truth first? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we measure that out a little bit? And, um, uh, w- but we want to do that with someone. An amazing amount of people get mad at me when I work with them because I'm helping them and I'm holding a mirror up and they think I'm being mean. And I said, no, I'm actually being incredibly kind to you because he is kind to us and holding a mirror up to us and how we do. I don't want, I want God to show me this side of heaven, what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I don't want to stand before him and go, gosh, you didn't see that. And I was giving you opportunity to change. I want to change this side of heaven. Amen? I want to go, okay, I'm, I'm having an opportunity to change again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I, want, I want to look at it and go, oh, he's, he's helping me here. He's helping me see what I don't see. And that's kind. That's the kindness of God. And that's the, what we want to offer to each other. Kind is inconvenient. Kind is going out of ourselves. Kind is stepping out of my comfort zone to help someone else because it ultimately puts me on the back burner and me does not like being on the back burner. Hello? We, I want to do me. Like, I'm going to take care of me. Honestly. And, and I have to connect with that reality or then I'm pretending it's not happening. Well, I don't care about me. It's like, oh, yeah, you do. And so we want, to, we want to understand that these two essence, long-suffering and kindness, are the things that other ones spring off of in love. God's calling us to do this within our families. Now, we are called family, sure, but in your families. That means mom, dad, brother, sister, cat, dog, cousins, whomever. Like, do that, right? We are, we are, the truth of who we are shows up in our homes. Shows up in our family dynamics. And he's looking at me going, you know, the holiday seasons are coming, Trace. 
And you're going to be hanging out with these ones that you're going to laugh at their jokes again. You're going to hear the same stories again. You're going to deal with the same situations, the relationships that have that underlining, undealt with stuff. And here you are again. Are you with me? And he goes, how are you going to do it? He goes, I don't want you backing away, and I don't want you helping them figure out them. I want you loving them, right? Now, there is a place for us to help each other walk out uh, Christianity, but I think often we, we lead with, I'm going to help you, as opposed to, I'm going to change Tracy, and I'm going to change my internal world. Um, and God's looking at me going, you, you can do this. And the the way you're going to do it is not living a checked off, these are the things that 1 Corinthians 13 tells me to do, and so I'm just kind of doing them, but I'm getting in the car and I'm going home and I'm cranky because someone's gotten in front of the TV during the football game or that the football game lost or that I don't get to do what I want to do or I don't get to eat what I want to eat and I don't get to say what I want to say and I don't, right? And so we're instantly irritated and we're living a whole different life than if we were in front of people. I goes, Tracy, I, I, come on, honey, just wake up. It's okay. You can do this, but you need to change. You need to connect with what's happening. You need to connect with what's in your inner man, don't we? We need to know what's inside of us, amen? And not to be in trouble, but to sign back up and go, okay, I actually want to do this better. I want to do this well before the Lord. I want to live well before him. I want to have great relationships here on the earth, and that's an outworking of doing this. But my primary goal is living well before him. Now, we know that the three primary, uh, uh, the three primary, things, the three primary attributes of love is God to us, us back to God and out of the overflow of that relationship we love others so God loving me is we know is the is the bridal paradigm and so for those of you who have been married I want you to think of your wedding day just that moment where you thought oh my word this is the most amazing feeling right that feeling I know some of you still have it but that feeling on that day is minuscule to how actually God feels about me and so I get to go, I, I do this. I actually practice this with myself. I close my eyes and I think, you love me more than that? Because I mean, I really love that person. He goes, oh, it's nothing compared to how I love you, Tracy. And I, I, I purpose before the Lord in the prayer rooms, in worship times, whether it's 10 minutes of worship or long, to feel his affection for me, which then makes me want to love him more, Amen. And then from that, I go, oh, I can be nice to you. Well, you know, at least try. I can do this. I can be kind to you. I can serve you. I can love you. I can, I can suffer longer than I want, and I'm hoping it's more than a day. Right? Because he loves me, and I feel it, and I'm energized. And I think, okay, I'm signing back up. And so we want that connection. God to us us back to God in response to him loving us, and then the outworking of it in our families. You guys, we're talking about our families, our personal families. It is imperative that we understand how much God loves family and how much he wants us to love our families. 
and to love them well, not just from my perspective. And so we, we, wanna, we want to look at scripture and how it actually tells us to do it. It, it, it tells us. It explains to us. Now, our culture does the opposite. Our culture in today's world uh, is like, you need to take a side on every single issue known to man. I mean, every issue. I mean, whether you're tying your shoe right or wrong, what bathroom you're going to, what you believe, how you believe, what political opinion, what school should do, what this should do. Or is it not true? Every single solitary thing, medical everything. It's screaming at us to gain opinions and take sides and, and hold the other ones accountable for not believing the way we believe. Isn't that the culture we're kind of living in today? That's a complicated culture. I don't want to actually live like that. I want to make my voice heard, but I'm not losing friends over these issues, you guys. I mean, I don't want to. I think I have. I think I fight not to, I don't want to lose friends. God says he's kind to evil men. It says he's kind to ungrateful men. And I'm thinking, you're kind to the ungrateful? Like, I don't know. I'm kind to people. If they're ungrateful, I'm like, lose my number. Aren't you, right? I mean, you're, you're like, go away. Like, I just killed myself for you, and this is my response? And these are people we technically love. God goes, actually, I'm kind to the evil one. There's so many unbelievers. We're like, well, I'm not being kind to that guy. I mean, he's like, do you know what a freak they are? It's like, I get it. God gets it, but he's actually kind to them because kindness turns a heart. Kindness turns a heart towards God. Not my truth, not my insight, not my opinions. But I think it's hard. We're supposed to be like Philippians 2, three through four, that says this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my word. But in lowliness of mind, which means I see myself as less, let each other esteem the other higher than himself. It doesn't say just believers. It doesn't say the people you agree with. Let each of you look out not only for Tracy's interest, but also the interest of others. I'm like, wait, wait a second, what if their interest is contrary to mine? He goes, look out for their interest. I'm like, okay, hold off. It's hard, isn't it? We don't, we're, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm fighting to live like this, but it's hard, isn't it? I find most believers are living like 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 3. I think we fall more in the category of for all men are lovers of self. <laughs> We're lovers of ourselves. We, we're boasters, which means talking about yourself. We're proud, which means seeing ourselves better than the one next to you here in the room in behavior. Listen, we look at people all day long and go, oh, at least I'm not doing that. That's, that's actually a boaster. Unthankful, we're never satisfied with what we get. Never, rarely, most of the time. Unloving towards others, unforgiving. We hold grudges against our friends and families that have hurt us. And we're like, well, I'm not letting you hurt me again. I mean, I'm going to forgive you, but go away. 
Now, I think, you know, that has to be worked out with each individual situation. But the idea that I don't actually have to engage with you because I got quote unquote hurt. And so therefore I'm not gonna trust you again. Without self-control, saying what we want whenever we're angry is without self-control. Saying whatever we want whenever we want because well, we're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired and by, by George, we're just gonna say what we want. It's like, that's actually without self-control. Right? I mean, no biggie. <laughs> but I find this is where most of us, I find myself more in this verse than the other one. I don't like saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing to say that, to be honest, to be clear. I find myself more in this one. Headstrong. It says headstrong, which is unwilling to reason and or be teachable. Headstrong. We're still on 2 Timothy. That's just one verse. Haughty, glad that we are not like those sitting next to us. I, I find that we love pleasure a little bit more than God. That's one little verse. I mean, I broke it down each time, but that's one little verse. I find most of us live in this as opposed to our hearts that want to live in this. How many of us want to live in the, the former one? Amen? We all do, which is why we're reminding ourselves to do it. I'm not having this message because you're horrible or I'm horrible. I'm, do, I'm sharing this message because I need to do it well in my family. I'm doing a study on it, so I'm bringing you in on my study. <laughs> Aren't you thrilled? <laughs> and so that's why we're doing it, to remind ourselves, oh yeah, this is what I signed up for up here. Boy, I've been listening to the world and I'm down here again. I've been listening to the world. The world is so easily seeps in at every level. It's like water that comes into a basement with cracks. And we're, we often tell ourselves, oh, no. I mean, I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to this. I don't listen to that. And we think we're separated from the world, which I think there's lots of good reasons not to listen to the news. But often, we are not connected with how it's in the air we breathe. The world says, me, 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 and oh, by the way, more of me. How do you feel? Now, I love feelings. I'm the pastor here at, IHA, uh, at Forerunner Church over restoration and recovery. I love feelings, amen? You know, God loves feelings. Good, bad, and ugly ones. He loves them. Because it informs us what's going on in our soul. But here's the thing. I get to take those feelings and I get to bring them under subjection to the word of God. And go, okay, Tracy, you may feel like you're alone and no one likes you and you're doing a lousy job and you're not doing this well. And that may be in part true. But you know what, Tracy? I get to sit before the Lord on that, sit before the ones that I love and trust, and they're going to speak life back to me from the word of God. That reorientates my feelings back to what is real. Not just I feel bad. But we're living in a society where feelings are preeminent astounding amount of parents are asking three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten-year-olds how they feel, and I just want to go, oh, you are leading them down a wrong path. These kids don't know how they feel. You don't know how you feel. And we're, we're, we're requiring these little ones to help us figure out where, what way they should go by how they feel. And, I mean, it's complicated. So grace, 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 and more grace. But I, 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 want us to, I want us to realign ourselves with the word of the Lord. Re realign ourselves. 
not just do something with our heart raging. I'm just gonna be nice to everybody. I'm just gonna do the things, but inside I'm screaming at everyone. Inside I'm, I, I'm nice to you, I turn around, and I quote unquote process with my friend about how horrible you are. But it's just processing. It's not gossip. It's processing. I'm just processing. I've got about 50 people I process with. <laughs> Real? On social media, it's just called, no, I'm just gonna do a vent. No, it's actually complaining, nagging, griping, and you're actually defiling everyone around you every time I share it. And he's going, go get help, Tracy. That's okay to process. But process with the one or two people who are actually going to call you to a higher place of living. Not agree with you that that leader is horrible and that you've just been done another injustice. Now, the beauty is in our world is that neuroscience, I love neuroscience. Neuroscience is the study of the brain. I love neuroscience. I love, I really do. I just love it. It jazzes me. I love neuroscience and neuroplasticity. Plus, neuroplasticity is the study of how your brain today repairs. Now, I shouldn't say your brain today. Your brain has always been repairing itself, but they only can see it today due to technology, how well your brain repairs itself. And so Nero, uh, so these two studies, um, Associations of Psychological Science published, I think is a fascinating research that shows apparent automaticity of a human's brain to be self-absorbed. Just instantly we're self-absorbed. Don't you love that? You know why? The Bible tells us that all day long. It's called sin nature. Science is catching up with, with the Bible, you guys. I love it because so many of us would just rather go that way. And I'm like, well, that way's coming our way. <laughs> Welcome. And it tells us, it's fascinating. These studies are fascinating. It tells us they do so many studies. They do so many like things that help them see that when they, with, with human beings, they can do tests that show them if it's about that personal human being, whatever they're asking them to do, they respond quicker than if it's about, say, my sister-in-law, Diane. I won't do it with her as fast as I'll do it with me. Lovers of self. But it's showing. But you know what they also learned? They also learned that practicing... <clears throat> you can actually train your mind. They've learned you can train by choosing um, to meditate. I thought, well, prayer. We call that prayer. Mindfulness they use. We call that prayer. Don't be tripped. Don't be freaked out. Mindfulness is us sitting before the Lord and choosing to set our minds on him. And neuroplasticity and neuroscience has proven that those that do that can change their behavior. Do you not love that? Like, I love that. I mean, it makes my job wildly easy. I'm thinking, yes, Lord. Philippians 4 tells us that we can live in the peace of God, which transcends understanding by prayer and, and petition. But this is what neuroscience is also teaching which I love because it's teaching the world you're not subject to yourselves. You actually can change yourself. Now, here's the challenge. Many of us just would rather God just go a shundle, a bundle, a bam, and you never have to change another behavior. Amen? 
I want to go to that class, <laughs> right? I do. And here's the thing. God could suddenly and does suddenly touch us and fall on us and heal us and, and remove different depressions and deal with different things. Here's the dilemma. You have to deal with you after that happens. And you were the reason you were in that boat. I have to change my behavior. And my behavior is the theater of my heart that I prove my love to God. That's the theater. That's the theater. The theater of your internal world where you're saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to love them well. I'm going to love them well. Where neuroscience is going, they can actually change their thoughts by pausing and choosing to think differently. It creates new synapses synaptics, it creates new ones. First Corinthians, I mean, Second Corinthians says, bring every thought captive into the obedience of God. It's the same thing. Neuroscience really is catching up with us, which don't we love that? It's beautiful. It's helpful. We have to quit choosing to live as me, me, me. I get to choose to put the other person forward. I get to choose to think about them. Well, you don't get it. God's on me, so I get to act like this. I get to be like this. I get, you're just constraining me. It's like, no, how about you think about what they're asking you to do? Well, the Lord, the Lord and we use the Lord for our, our poor behavior. He gets blamed for a whole lot of things where he'd go, oh, I mean, I hear you, Tracy, but I would rather you... Actually, do what they ask you to do. I'd rather you choose to be kind when you don't want to be. I'd rather you ask them what they would rather do today than you. I'd prefer if you truly look at the things I've asked you to do in changing how you treat people, in changing how you respond to people. We do not want to require of others what we do not require of ourselves. It's just so easy, right? Because I don't see me, I see you, and you all look like freaks, right? I mean, you don't, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we're saying to ourselves. Like, if they would just change, I would be okay. And he goes, no, if you just changed, they would be okay. And that's not usually the way we'd see it. Signs of, of our love um, growing cold around us, of things not loving well is, uh, I think, this is me, we're not bothered by our lack of reading the word. Do you know it's a lamp into your feet? It's a light on how to do life. It is actually a light. And you work, we're baffled by why things aren't working. Well, we're, we're not even reading what's telling us how to work. <laughs> Our prayer life, which is really our conversations with God, they become less and less to where we're no longer having them. This is love around us growing cold. You see, if I'm okay with those two things, I'm in some, I'm, I'm, I need to wake up, amen? I, I need to wake up, no biggie. I mean, a little bit of biggie, but I need to wake up. And God's given me opportunity to go, oh, Oh, she got a little personal there. Okay, I'm oh, okay. 
and then choose to shift my behavior, choose to shift my disciplines. You see love uh, growing cold with spouses when snarky words and side comments become common, where they correct each other in public. And And I would venture to say public is anyone in front of you besides the two of you. It just becomes okay. It's this snarky, it's, oh, it's just, we're just being silly, we're just having fun, and this, this making fun of each other. My, I look at that and go, oh, a little, love's growing a little cold there. And they're getting out in a very passive way what they want to say. And God goes, oh, we want to wake up to that, folks. We want to reset our systems, amen? We want to reset our systems because that's not our heart. Our heart is to do it. That's why we're here. That's why we give ourselves to the things that we give ourselves to. So he's like, okay, shake it off, Tracy. Let's sign back up. It's going to be okay, but you're going to have to make some changes. No biggie, but make them. And so then we see spouses uh, not responding softly towards one another, children to parents, parents to children, siblings. Siblings are like, don't you love siblings? They're, they're beautiful. And God goes, I actually want you to respond kindly with honor towards one another. And it's like, well, I don't know if you knew how long that sibling's been treating me, X, Y, and Z. And he goes, yeah, I, I do. But you can still honor them. You can find a way to honor them. Um, and we don't receive, children don't receive hugs and touch. People don't receive hugs and touch. That's signs of love growing cold. And so some of us need to repair some relationships Mike has an incredible five-part series. I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, really, I just think we ought to do it yearly. (laughs) That's my opinion. It is so good Um, on restoring wounded relationships. It's just wisdom poured out. It's just wisdom poured out. And if you have some wounded relationships, we're not going to buy ourselves out of those wounded relationships. They're going to take that Tesla you gave them and drive off. They're going to go, thank you. Still mad. Are you with me? Bouquet of flowers isn't going to change your wounded relationship. Sweet. But we have to do some repairing. And we have to learn to love well. We have to choose to be other-centered. They're not natural instincts. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather with humility and value the others above yourself, not looking to our own interests, but the interests of others. I've said that. It's, it's just a verse that you could say 15 more times and still not really fully go, really? Is that really what you're saying? He's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and so we, we want to serve those around us. We want to love the family members around us. And we might have to ask God, how do you feel about that person? Tell me, God, how you feel about them because I've lost it. Because all I can see is how they've hurt me, how they just aren't consistent, how they just are irritating at the house, how they just, all they do is keep the TV on, how they always just do this, how they do that. And I've lost perspective of this person other than all the negative, which is real, right? And he goes, okay, let's, let's sign back up. I'll show you. You could talk with them. You could work it out. You could have a conversation. We don't get to say, oh, I'm just absent-minded. Oh, I'm just not really good at hugs. Oh, I'm just not really good at loving. I mean, I'm just not really good at conversations. That's just not me. I mean, it just, 
I mean, I just, I don't even know what to say. And he goes, that's okay, I'll help you. But we can look at the, the ones around us. We can look at the children. We can look at spouses and family and go, I want to do this better. I don't think I've been doing it well. Help me. Now, when you hear that, you're going to be nice because your response is, no, you help me. Right? <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I've been waiting for that question. It's like, no. I want to go, no, we're going we're gonna to get there. Step by step, choice by choice, day by day. We love well. We change our behavior. We serve the ones around us. We say, what is it in them that you see, God, that you fell in love with that I want to fall back in love with? How do you view them? Where's their life going to end, not where their life is today? I, I, I want the long view. Life is long. Life is long. And there's many beautiful, painful, ugly, beautiful seasons and if we conclude on a certain chapter of our life, like I'm hoping to live 95 years. That's, I don't know about you guys, but I am. Wisdom says, if you ask her, she'll give it to you. I've been asking. I've been seeking wisdom. I'm asking the Lord. I try to eat healthy. I'm being really serious. I want to live to 95. So if 95 is my chapter, my book of 95 chapters, 62, 63 maybe look a little rough and ugly, but I'm not going to conclude on that chapter. I haven't finished the book. Some of you have finished the book on the ones around you and you've closed it. And you go, that ain't going good. And like they're 35. It's like, well, they got a few years in front of them. I mean, this could turn around, maybe. And it's like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to close the chapter. We don't want to conclude. We want to look and we want to call out. We want to speak life. Amen. That's actually what we want to do. So we, we want to uh, love those that also think differently than we do. I don't care what party they're in. I don't care what view they're in. I don't care if they're believers or unbelievers. We want to love people around us. Now, there's always room for conversations. I'm not saying we can't have those. We can't have disagreements. We can. But I want to, like, understand why they think what they think and not just click off because it's just that view. Oh, I already know what they're thinking. It's like, well, how about I hear where it came from, why they landed there, the journey of them getting to that decision. We don't want to do that. We just want to tell them to change. We want to consider each other. We want to consider their views more interesting than mine. Now, here's the thing. I kind of love talking. I know it's shocking. I kind of love talking. So I actually like hearing myself chat sometimes. Here's the thing. So do you guys. I'm just admitting it. We all like hearing ourselves. That's why we talk. That's why we don't give room for the other one to talk. We like hearing our own voice. We like hearing our own opinions. We don't really want to hear their opinion. We've heard it a hundred times. We don't care. And Philippians is going, no, Tracy, I want you to care about their opinion. I want you to understand their opinion. I want you to see why they think that. Not so you can change them so that you can love them well. Do you know being heard is a love language? Isn't it great when someone hears you and isn't like, okay, you got to quit, but just hears you. Why do you think that? Oh, never considered that perspective. And so we, we want to do that well. So we want to ask the Lord. I, I encourage you to ask the ones next to you. Some of you are like, I'm not moving my head. <laughs> but we're going to 
the ones next to us about what, what does love look like to you? How, does it, how do you like love expressed? What, how do you feel? How do you feel about me? How do you feel about the way I love you? And uh, we want to do that. I think it touches us. I think we have to learn to act in the opposite way that we want to. It's hard, but we have to learn to do it. We get to choose. We have to choose every single minute. We're going to choose sitting here. We're going to pray. I'm going to have the worship team come up. We're going to pray, and we're going to ch- and and we're going to pray for you, um, and ask the Lord to touch us. But then you know what? You're going to have to choose walking out to the car, <laughs> and then you're going to have to choose when you get in that car. And you're going to have to choose again when you decide what you're having for lunch, or if you're having lunch, or who's making lunch. And then you're going to have to choose who's cleaning up after lunch. Are, are you following me? This isn't like, okay, we chose and we got a prayer and then we go back off and act the way we want to act. It's, no, I, I really do, God, want to sign up for how to do this well. And I want to change the trajectory of my last 30 years in deeper love language towards those around me. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand. Oh, I wouldn't clap quite yet. <laughs> I appreciate it. So we're just going to ask the Lord to, um, to touch us. So I'd like, if you're here with family, I'd like you to, if you're spouses, I'd like you to hold hands while we pray. If you're family members, we're, we're going we're gonna to ask the Lord to shift something in your families. Not that it needs shifted, but possibly increased, right? And so if you're with your spouse or your children, even if you're just like with your friend, if you're with your siblings, we're going to invite you to grab their hand and we're going to pray, right? They're going to sing a song and we're going to pray. Every eye closed. I ask you right now, Lord, every eye closed. We're going to do business with God right here, folks. We did this first service. It was very sweet. Thank you for tuning in to Sunday Sermon. For more information, service times, and free teaching resources, visit forerunnerchurch.com.